Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey. Dave. Hey. And Tori. Hello, Internet. So, this is the first time we've had everybody in a while. Uh, so, good things first. Craig, what you got? That should be my good thing, that we're all together. Like a happy family. Uh, <laughs> my actual good thing is I started watching, rewatching Star Trek The Next Generation. Ooh. And it is amazing. I, I just like what I like having it on in the background. It's it's I grew up with it. Um, I have you know pictures and and toys of it because I, I really like it. It's and Pez dispensers and Pez dispensers. It's right. Um, so yeah, so it's it's pretty good. And, I don't and I deck I, building games. I don't really have to describe what it is. I would hope, but uh, it's certainly. One of my favorite shows of all time. So I came over to Craig's house and he was watching an episode from season one. And I think Patrick Stewart, I, I think either looked thinner in season one or maybe his clothes were like a little tighter. I don't know. He just looked, he does look a little different. Yeah. And yeah. then also I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but there was something weird about Jonathan Frakes as well. I, I, I didn't know. He looks weird. I don't know why. Yeah. I have to watch season two and see the difference. Yeah. Um, on TV tropes, they have a trope called growing the beard. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Named after our friend Riker. I don't know why that's relevant to what we're talking about now. And also, there was some blonde character with short hair. Some girl. Like, why is Worf not at the security? <laughs> Chief of security. What's up with that? Because they needed Worf to get beaten up by every bad guy that they run into, and Dude, they thought it was funny. a bad look like, for... That's how you show a monster or alien, <laughs> whatever, is tough. It's because they can beat Worf. Can't beat Data. Data's <laughs> even tougher than Worf. But yeah, but, it's, it's some good stuff. I really like the series. But Data is not actually Three Laws compliant. I will say that if you're watching... Uh, Next Generation for the first time. Season 1 does start off slow. It's rough. They didn't quite know what they were doing. They they pulled a lot from the original Star Trek series. So it sort of, I would say, shows this age in that respect. But it gets very good. And probably by Season 3, it's like, this is excellent. I would say, like, third season. Oh, hating on Pulaski, huh? Uh, oh, yeah. um... <laughs> There is actually a companion book to the first season written by Will Wheaton called Memories of the Future, where he goes back through like the entire first season, episode by episode. He pokes fun of it. It's pretty good. He's like, this Wesley Crusher character is so annoying. They ruined him so bad. Like, I could see what he was saying. And Will Wheaton, or sorry, I should say Wesley Crusher doesn't bother me that much. Because I can understand what they were trying to do. But they also did it really wrong. And of course, you have the shut up, Wesley. I just watched that episode uh, last <laughs> night. And it's like, yeah, they mishandled that. But yeah, look, good stuff. That's it for me. 
Go, Dave. <laughs> My good thing this week is a YouTuber by the name of Jenny Nicholson. Sugar Siggy. Sugar Siggy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, Jenny Nicholson, she does a lot of nerdy reviews, mostly Disney stuff, and she's like, she's oh, super cute and dorky and loves all this nerdy stuff, and my wife, and she's hilarious <laughs> and has this really dry sense of humor. What's her name? Uh, her name's Jenny Nicholson. She... She got sort of big uh, because of a My Little Pony parody series that oh, she did. Oh, yeah, I know her. I've seen her stuff before. Yeah, she's really cool. Like, I, I thought that she and a friend of hers uh, started off doing a My Little Pony's parody series called Friendship is Witchcraft, which was good, but it's not for everybody. Uh, but I just really love her super dry sense of humor and observational humor. It's really funny. But yeah, she does a lot of nerdy reviews. Most like half of her videos are Star Wars. Things. I will say that she she's reminding me with the way you're describing her of Lindsay Ellis. She also does a lot of oh, she does I've really seen, good videos. I now. think I've seen Lindsay Ellis before. She, also, she went over the, the nostalgia chick back when she way back when. I remember. Okay, I do know Lindsay Ellis. I watched a couple. She does a lot of Disney stuff, mostly on the animated vid- movies, yeah. right? But she, she she does some critique of like the movie industry and stuff. Now is yeah, really good. I I think one of her big ones was about Robin Williams falling out with Disney. Yeah, and yeah. how he wasn't. You know, why he wasn't in Return of Jafar and yeah. so forth. I, I watched that video. She's really good, too. I, did, I have seen Lindsay else, yeah. All right. Uh, so my good thing. Uh, is Dave out of the room yet? Uh, one second. Okay, you can, you can go now. All right. My good thing is a little bit of a spoiler for Breath of the Wild, which I have been playing, and... I got a I got a spicy hot take. Breath of the Wild is pretty good. I know I'm going to get some <laughs> comments about that. Some some internet Everyone arguments. Disagrees. But but Breath of the Wild, pretty good game. It's good. Uh so there's this amazing puzzle that is has been one of like my greatest video game experiences possibly ever in Breath of the Wild. I really really enjoyed it. Uh, so you cross a bridge into this area and the game just sort of cuts out all the lights. It's like completely pitch dark. There's a, like a, a fixed torch in front of you that you can light your own personal torch off of. And the puzzle is to, in the dark with like extremely limited vision, um, even with a torch, uh, you follow like the direction that the torch is pointing, and that leads you to the next torch. Which, since you have, or yeah, since you have your own portable torch, which is a super duper useful item in the game. Um, you know, you have your own little sphere of light, and you light the next one. You don't have to light any of these; you just have to follow them. But it helps to light them because. Already start with the lantern. Nothing. The lamp. Yep. Um, it was just a really, really cool and interesting puzzle that I enjoyed oh so much. And, yeah, just very, very cool thing. And then... I was drawing? Because I don't fully remember that one. I liked that puzzle also. Uh, it became frustrating eventually because I did, you know, finish the puzzle 
killed the thing, got into the shrine, did the whole, like, did everything that there was to do there, but I didn't realize that I had done everything there was to do there, so I kept exploring uh, in the dark, and it sucked. It was just uh, a real bad place to be outside of outside of the confines of that puzzle. Now, see, when I played, and I was being all exploratory, and... Um, I saw the island, but I had come at it from a different direction, so I didn't know there was a bridge. So I was trying to figure out how to get to this island, and then when I got there, it was completely pitch black. I don't. I, th I think I used like the ice tool to cross the moat that surrounds. I don't remember. I don't remember. But I just get to oh, this pitch black island, that. and I'm like, and I'm like, now what? <laughs> and um, you know that. So it took, go on, go on. It, it took me a while to find the 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 first lantern, and when I did, I was like, "Holy cow! There's light here! It's amazing!" And and from there, the rest of the puzzle came together. But yeah, um, just oh. stumbling around in the dark for a while. Um, I used one of the other tools. Um, maybe it was the magnet tool kind of changed the color of the landscape so I was able to see what the uh, where the shore was and I just kind of followed the shore of the island all the way around. That would have been really useful too. I'm bad at this game, you guys. See, I think that's a sign though that of a well-designed game the fact that you can actually approach it from different areas. Like, And that's the neat thing of Breath of the Wild that they really pulled off the whole open world thing. Oh, if you Wait, if you know where you're going, you can totally skip the the torch puzzle. Like, yeah, sure. Like the the torch puzzle intentionally like crisscrosses that island about a dozen times, and you go way further than you ever need to. Like you have to understand, it sort of blew my mind that I could just climb up a, a hill just because I felt like it. Like I'm just gonna scale this cliff now, and I can. Like you you pick any other open world game up to this point. And they still have invisible walls and things like that built in. It's mostly open. Like, even Skyrim, it's sort of open, but you can't scale certain cliffs unless you glitch it out. Like, Breath of the Wild, yeah, you can try it. Sure, go ahead. See what happens. So, yeah, my ne my next major goal is uh, getting the Master Sword, which I've made my way to where it is. I have completed the shrine next to it so I can get back there the easily. I now just need to to do the thing. No spoiler. No additional spoilers that I haven't already given. Uh, the thing to actually let me get it. I I thought you were still like you just left the beginning area. I didn't realize you were that far. Oh no, I've done a lot. Yep. Uh, I've I've beaten one of the one of the dungeon things. Okay. It, which is as much description as I'm going to give because Dave might be coming back any second now. In fact, he probably should because Tori uh, has can, a good thing she wants to talk about. I do have a good thing. I'm I'm copying Mike. My good thing is Stranger Things. I uh, I I got all caught up this week, and um, so I'm done with season three, and it continues to be good. I really, really enjoyed season three quite a bit. I I have one complaint with it, which is sort of the opposite complaint that I had with season two. Uh, so season two had that one episode that was just 
extra. Just, like, had nothing to do with anything else going on in the show. And it was just there. And then season three had nothing relating to that. Which means that that episode continued to just be wasted time. Is anyone else here? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. I know exactly which episode you're talking about. And, uh, yeah, had nothing to do with anything. What are we talking about? <laughs> nothing. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> Man, that one shrine. What's a shrine? No spoiler. <laughs> All right. Go on, guys. Isn't it cool how Ganon's allergic to bananas in this one? Oh, yeah. Oh, no! I thought that was great. <laughs> the mighty bananas. Too bad that you can't use them until you cook them, but he's not allergic to cooked bananas. Checkmate. All right. Uh, I think we're all we're all done with good things for the moment. Yes? Yep. Yeah. I mean, except the podcast itself is a good thing. Is it, though? All right, it Mike is. I, I actually en- enjoy doing this, just not all the time, Dave. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> Dave, you read some chapters this week, right? Huh? Would you like to tell us about the chapters that you read this week, Dave? Was he Ch- supposed to read chapters Ch- this week? Uh-oh. I don't think he's ready. What chapter? All right, that's all we have this week. See you next week, guys. <laughs> it was Tori's idea. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I was just listening to the most recent episode, and I realized that you always start with, so Dave, you read some chapters this week. So I messaged Dave and said, just pretend you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this week we read chapters 50 through 54 of The Hero of Ages by Branford Sandersnatch. And Wait, is that related to Benedict Cumberbatch at all? <laughs> no, it's related to a Bandersnatch. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Beware the Jub Jub Bird and Shun the Frumious Bandersnatch. I, I know what you're talking about. Alright. Uh, I was just making a reference <laughs> to last week, but okay. Speaking of last week, Tori noticed that I wrote the wrong part header for the chapters, and she read it verbatim, despite it being the wrong part number. And she did yes, it on purpose. I, I did. <laughs> I think we're in part four. I don't know. But anyway, it's chapters 50 through 54. And we'll start with chapter 50. Yeah, we're in part four. Beautiful Destroyer, part four. Okay. So, chapter 50. Teldin Hastings arrives in Vin's cavern. Vin does drugs to wine. What? <laughs> Did you actually write it that way? Sometimes. <laughs> I'm on my. I, I take the notes on my phone usually, and I don't proofread them. Drugs to wine. I think it was like. Yeah, because Vin does drugs. But it wasn't drugs. It, they drugs the wine. True. But she does it. why does yeoman want her alive alright so Vin's trapped in this storage chamber at Fadric City and Ellen's good old buddy Teladin Hastings shows up with two bottles of wine and he's like one of these is drugged they bet me I couldn't make you drink the drugged wine and Vin thinks well I don't want to starve to death 
and they're not going to let me out of here unless I drink the drugs to wine, so <laughs> give it to me. And uh, she's kind of hoping that uh, she can burn Duralumin and Pewter and overcome the effects of the narcotic. Not narcotic. Um, the drugs? Sedative is okay. the word I want. <laughs> she is hoping she can overcome the sedative with Duralumin enhanced Pewter, but she can't. And that's the end of chapter 50. Okay. Pretty good. So so what do you think about this Telden guy? Uh, I think that he he's a nobleman. Yep. And he liked his noble life ways. And that's what Yeoman's given him. Okay. I, is that it? Good guys? Very quiet. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I don't like have anything to say about Vin getting drugs to wine. All right, shall we move on to Chapter 51, then? Oh, yes, let's. Okay, Chapter 51. Ellen sucks at horseshoes. Am I allowed to say sucks on this show? No. Yes. All right. No. <laughs> leave it out later. You should, you should leave it in the first time, then, when I ask if I'm allowed to say it. Leave it out that time. <laughs> All right. Uh, Ellen, I feel like I should bleep it out every time so that we can't tell what you're saying, and it's funnier. You're just going to leave a cuss sound at the end, and people are going to think I said some naughty words. <laughs> Would you make Dave look like that? <laughs> All right. Ellen needs to find some coloss to batter Fadric. Ellen is sort of bloodthirsty. Close enough. That's the end of chapter 51. What does the close enough mean? It's in quotation marks, so it's a direct line from the book. Uh, so, Ellen. Doesn't he's not good at the horseshoe trick that Vin does to move really fast. So that really is Vin's thing. He's yeah, like pretty good. Six horseshoes or something like that, circling around her. Yeah, that uh, that hemallergic earring that she has sure gives her cool abilities. I, I still think like overall the horseshoe thing, like it looks cool in my head. Yeah, that's definitely that's it's so anime. It is. Yeah, Vin so anime. All right. So, Alan is going to a nearby village outside of Fadric City to because he heard there were some Colossus over there. And he's rather enjoying killing a bunch of Colossus. Getting sort of bloodthirsty there. And then one of the villagers, you know, they, they start to rally behind him in the village. And one of them says, are you the Lord Ruler? And Alan says, close enough. Remember that. So, interesting line. Uh, either because he's trying to save the world, or maybe he's starting to understand the Lord Ruler and maybe sympathizing with him because he has to be in this position of being a tyrant to keep the world together. So, there you have it, Chapter 51. Ellen is not good at horseshoes. Ellen stinks at horseshoes. That's the quote. All right, sounds good. Chapter 52. These are quick chapters. Yeah. So the diagram only gave us a 40-page section this week. So maybe chapter 55 will be really long. All right, chapter 52. Some ska are hungry for a hot dog. <laughs> Knick-knack, paddywhack, give a dog Kelsier's oh, no. bones. No. <laughs> Just no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, Kelsier inquires of Rittle and Wellen of Ascension. When the mist leave is in quotes. 
Tensoon knows that Ruin has corrupted Penrod. Tensoon paws it to Erto with Kelsier's bones. Uh, so Tensoon returns to Luthadel to get some information. Uh, when he left, left our heroes to return to his homeland, he didn't know what the outcome of the Colossus attack was going to be, the one at the end of book two. And he sees Ellen's banner flying. He's like, well, that's good. And then he overhears some some guards talking. The guards are named Riddle and Wellen. Wellen is short for Wellen of Ascension, I think. And <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> so he goes back and to the old, uh, the old armory where... Or Sir had left Kelsier's bones, and he goes and takes the bones so that he can appear as Kelsier to these guards. Uh, because one of them, I think he has the little religious symbol, the little spear, to represents the Church of Survivor. So, yeah. Tensoon becomes the Survivor Giver. The Giver. And says something, so oh, man, Tensoon says, when the mists leave, go and find some place, so I'll find some shelter when the mists leave. So is this some kind of reference to future events? Like, the the mists are going to leave, and that's when Ruin's going to strike for reals, or maybe Ruin is, is going to take the mists away so that the, the sun destroys the time or something. And yeah, Tensoon has already figured out that Ruin has corrupted Penrod, and he he gets info doesn't get precise info on where Ellen is. He wants to meet up with Vin and Ellen, and ends up going to Erto, which is not where Ellen and Vin are. But he also takes Kelsier's bones with him, so that's going to be. I think Kelsier's bones are going to be more useful in Erto than they would be in Fadrix anyway, because they have the whole Survivor of the Flames. Thing coming up. So yeah, we have Tensoon en route to Orto. En route to Orto. No, Orto is no more. I made that joke already. It was a lot, it was some episodes ago. I don't think people remember. Nope. Any questions about chapter 52? Nope. Uh, yeah, I guess I'm good. Okay. Chapter 53. Spook be creeping all up in Beldra's Binus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like Spook every chapter. <laughs> but he's he's all up in it. He's such chapter. a creepy. Yeah, he's he all is. up in it in he this is. chapter. <clears throat> Kelsier is a horrible wingman. <laughs> yeah. Spook promises to try not to kill Quillian. Spook's leaves to be seen. Just like a spy is supposed to. So yeah, we've got to uh, remember that Spook and Co. have kidnapped Beldra, the citizen's sister. And he's trying to kind of flirt with her, but also try to seem tough. And the funny thing is, when he shows himself as kind of vulnerable, that's when she seems to start taking an interest in him. But he, he just doesn't get that. He, like, <laughs> he is is trying to be super tough and super mysterious to try to impress Belger. But, you know, I I think that she appreciates him more when he's being honest. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we have Spook asking Kelsier 
to, you have to like give him a line. Like, tell me what to say. Kelsier, tell me what to say, he thought. And first of all, Ahem Kelsier is a horrible wingman because he's not setting up Spoo for success here. And also, the thing that I find most interesting about this is that Spook is not saying this out loud. Spook isn't muttering to himself, Kelsey, all right? Kelsey, all right? Come on, Kelsey, help me out here. He's thinking it. And he's thinking it expecting Ruin to hear him. And I don't know if he had heard Ruin. Like, if if he him, he might just be wrong. Maybe Ruin can't hear him. Or maybe everybody else is wrong when they thought that Ruin wasn't able to thought so it seems kind of like he was in this custom of thinking something and having ruin response but i don't i don't know i might be reading too far okay so he leaves beldra beldra's like don't kill my brother and spook's like can't promise i won't kill him but i'll try not to kill him and then he gets up to leave and beldra says where are you going spook says to be seen and seen uh, yeah, so during that conversation, you know, he also had mentioned things about when he was younger, when he was less important in Kelsier's crew, and, you know, he kind of regrets showing weakness in front of Beldra. Not because she's his enemy right now, but because she's a love interest to him. <laughs> so, like I said, I think it seems like Beldra is more appreciative of the vulnerable, honest spook than the Tough guy, wannabe spook. All right, and that's only halfway through chapter three. We got a, we have a few more bullet points in chapter three. Okay, <laughs> spook is seen. <laughs> spook wants to see Belger seeing him being seen. Spook's secret sensei supports spellbinding South Saloon Society. Spook starts savoring said society's survivor slaver. Save scruple, Spook. Sagacity says superfluous superficiality seems sweet, seldom supplying success. Stupendous. Wow. So Tori has a permalink to my notes. I don't know if she checks them before the episode now, but... <laughs> I bet you wish you had now. Oh, boy. I sure do. That's I shall in the future. It's the end of chapter 53. And so, yeah, the second half of chapter 53... Spook and Dern go hit the town, go to some of the safer yet more crowded taverns just so that Spook can mingle with his public, as Kelsier did. And Ruin, under the guise of Kelsier, is whispering in Spook's ear like, you're doing great, kid. They love you. And it's starting to starting to get to Spook's head. Oh, now it's starting to get to his head. I mean... This is really the first time that he's going out and receiving the accolades directly from the public. And it's awkward to him, but he's starting to enjoy it. And that's the end of chapter 53. Okay. On to our last chapter. All right. Chapter 54. Vin poops in her sleep. (laughs) What? Vin is is a metalcoholic. Metalcoholic. Yeoman is here. Why not kill Vin? What's with the earring? If Vin was arrested for deicide, then why send a messenger to Ellen? 
Okay, so remember Vin got drunk and passed out. <laughs> well, got drugged drunk and got and passed out in her last appearance. And when she wakes up, she doesn't have any metals in her stomach because she pooped them out in her sleep. It's it's in there. Read chapter fifty four, guys. <laughs> and Vin Vin makes the point of saying, you know, oh, they told me that allomancy wasn't addictive, and yet she really feels like she's missing something by not having any metal reserves. She's yeah. come to depend on them. And then Yeoman shows up. King Yeoman. Well, so real quick, obligatory dude. I will point out that. For a while, like, especially in, in the last book, like, she has been burning metals like crazy. Especially pewter. Sure, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, you, the term is sort of jokingly, but she basically is addicted to this sort of stuff. To the, at least the power. Okay, so, you know, Vin is used to having power. But anyway, King Obligated Dude, Yeoman, with the ATM beat on his forehead, and uh, remember that Ellen's revealed him to be a Mistborn, or at least finds that he burns ATM, could actually uh, have some Inquisitation spikes. Inquisitation <laughs> spikes. But, uh, he, he can burn ATM at the very least. So, then... Gets uh gets her earring. So they had taken her earring off while she was passed out, and someone brings it in on a little platter, and she misses having the earring. And as soon as she puts the earring on, she can hear Ruin using Rain's voice in her head. And but it's gilded with silver. It's, uh, he said he used a different word in this chapter, something uh, like is it the small, correct word? He said something like a thin silver plating or something yeah. rather than gilded silver. Uh, bronze, which is considered the least powerful alimantic metal, and silver, which does not have any alimantic property, as far as we know. It could be the sixteenth alimantic metal, though. Well, it's, it's, it would be the 15th. Silver is common. It's an, they, they it's an element. They probably would have. But we do know, you know, it's funny, the episode that was released this weekend, I mentioned, I just kind of casually mentioned, oh, I'll have theories for all 16 alimantic metals. But now with, with the whole 16% sickness theory, and I'm pretty dang sure that that's preservation, trying to draw the hero's attention to the fact that there are 16 alimantic metals. It's kind of funny that I just, I kind of threw it out there. Um, but I had actually, I'm pretty sure as soon as I found out there were nine elementic metals, I said, they're not, there's not going to be nine. There's going to be, like, if you go all the way back yeah, to him, we do miss one. Um, so the messenger comes in. Oh, you actually went and copy pasted. <laughs> it so, had to be done. Ellen, one of Ellen's messengers comes in and asks a question to Vin, and the only she's the only thing she's allowed to say to this messenger is the answer to what What did you eat for dinner last Thursday or whatever? And just to prove that she wasn't Condra, so a messenger shows up because Yeoman wants Ellen to know that Vin is alive. But apparently his goal isn't to get to Ellen. His goal is just to have Vin and execute her for killing the little brother. So 
I, I don't know. There's got to be some other motive here. And that's what Vin thinks. And that's the end of chapter 54. Do you think? Probably. Like, why would you have the messenger come in to confirm that Vin is alive? If you don't really, if you don't care that Ellen knows she's alive. And then you're just going to, you're going to have them find out that she's alive. And then immediately kill her. Well, he's going to put her on, like, a mock trial. Yeah. So, uh, so that he can condemn her for deicide. And I also want to address something that Mike said, I think it was last week, in my absence, he mentioned that my ongoing theory with the epigraphs was that it was from Vin's perspective in the Well of Ascension, but uh, he he missed a couple messages in Discord where I had, I had adjusted that to say that this is probably some Vin at some point in the future, because he's looking back on like seemingly eschatological events uh, and certain things that she obviously doesn't know right now that she will learn later. At some, whatever, at some perspective, probably after the events of the main chapter of the book, Vin is writing these epigraphs. But is she writing them in steel? I hope so. Ah. Anything not written in steel. I also need to see what's the deal with Slow Swift, because they didn't specify that man, they didn't specify that Set's note regarding the contact were on were inscribed in foil, and they had mentioned it in a general sense, like, oh, we're sending our notes in foil now, but they don't specifically mention that it's foil when Vin gets the notes for the contact going into Fedrick City. But then she also comes back to set and starts talking to him and it doesn't come up like what that's not the guy like something like that or I don't know maybe there was just another guy who took the same name as Slow Swift to convert that assumption it's not really pretentious I don't think it made any sense uh, so yeah I don't know if Slow Swift is the guy Vin was actually supposed to meet and are you talking about the one that she decided not to meet? Because that's a separate second person. That's true. She she met Slow Swift, and there was going to be someone else, but then she got all Vinny and decided to book it out of there instead. Good point. But, like, maybe is Slow Swift a legitimate contact that she was supposed to talk to? Did she actually, like, get out of... I'm pretty sure because he uh, referenced Set and everything. Slow Swift does? Yeah. I don't remember that. They they have a long conversation about like why he would even help her out because it's like he's well, loyal, he's loyal to, to Yeoman, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, that's a weird thing. But the other thing is like I'm Vin pretty got, sure like set so like him or you think oh the, she got backstabbed by someone she got captured. Well, their plan was really obvious. Like they didn't it, it really they didn't really need a double agent in there screwing them up because they weren't being subtle at all. It <laughs> <laughs> like says it when he tries to plan his little Hey guys, did you invite the enemy Condra spy to the secret meeting? Yeah. Uh that'll do it for this week's chapters. So I think Mike had a question for you. Okay. I do. Um how hopeful are you feeling? Like, just sort of tonally in this book at this point. I feel pretty good. <laughs> there you go. Like, 
setting aside that you know that there are more books set on this planet, because you know that, just how how hopeful are you that, that things are going to pull through? Because at the moment, it's kind of the apocalypse. I, I think that I have an expectation set up for Vin that she can't lose to anything. Hmm. Wonder why you got that yeah, idea. Um, so, that's that's part of the problem. <laughs> I mean, she already beat Zade. <laughs> And I guess I guess I should get this on a on a, an episode recording. I, I've wrote some notes down in Discord about it. That I think that we can infer at this point that Ruin influenced Zane at the critical moment and allowed Vin to win the fight with him. So with the context that we have now, I guess it makes sense. I think um, I think that it's still a problem if you isolate. Uh, if you isolate well of ascension, you but mean like as a standalone book? Yeah, it doesn't. It's not a satisfying part oh, of the story of Well of Ascension. And I don't know. I think I, I mentioned this in Discord that no, I'll talk about this in when we do the trilogy wrap up instead. Actually, go like go over each individual book when we do that. You could have different thoughts by then. That's you know. true, but I I think that I really did like Well of Ascension, but I think it it needs to be edited. Like I I don't think I think that it's still the first edition. It's been reprinted, but I don't think it's ever been edited. And there are obvious mistakes with the Electrum, and and then just had more specific notes in Discord, but like the whole the way that Vin defeats Zane is really unsatisfying what was your question oh how do i feel yeah so i don't know i just i guess i i'm having a um, like maybe my suspension of disbelief isn't really at the level it should be like yeah they'll win i don't know it might be my it might that might be my problem honestly all right um how satisfied would you be with an ending like the one you're expecting. Like, if I guess if they succeed and... Perfect golden ending, 100% completion, everybody lives. How how satisfying record. would that ending be for you? If they get all of the... the... Deku nut thing. <laughs> if they collect all of the small bananas, even though you don't get any bonus for them. Um... I don't know, I just... Like, are you expecting something to happen, like, in the previous books that, like, catches you sort of off guard? Like, would would you be happier with that? And that if you predicted everything, you'd be less satisfied with that? It's hard to answer, and it partly it might be because I am an inexperienced reader. I haven't read many books, as you probably know, because the only thing I can ever reference is Harry Potter. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wait, you've read other things, right? <laughs> I've I've read Narnia books. I've read <laughs> I've read Dune. I read actually four, five, six, seven, seven Ender's Game series books. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I didn't get into Speaker Dead, but I really did like I really did like Xenocide. I loved Xenocide. I liked it more than I liked Dead, honestly. 
Not as much as Ender's Game, but... Um, and you referenced Link's Awakening, so clearly you read that. <laughs> I would love to have a job where I just novelize video game. Mm. Well, side, side note about that, my one friend, he actually makes up stories for his boys, and he will use video game like storylines. <laughs> like He told them the story of Chrono Trigger <laughs> as a bedtime story. Like over multiple days. And yeah, weeks. but which timeline? Well, the the you follow the perspective of the. When did he? Protagonist. But when did he go to fight Lavos? Did he do it as soon as he got to the brink of time? <laughs> did he wait until he got the? I should ask. Did that. he go through Black Omen? I mean, I, I bet you go through Black Omen because he said he got. The <laughs> did hun- he? Did he do New Game Plus and no, go no, in no. during the Millennial Fair? He said it was a, the hundred percent storyline. hundred. Okay. So clearly, he went through Black Omen. Okay. Plus. So he he went through Black Omen in the future, and then went no. back in and re and re got all the treasure chests in the present timeline. <laughs> I tried doing that, and it just did not work how I thought it should, because it has a weird duality. Like it, the things you fought are already gone, even though you fought them in the future. Anyway, so yeah, how satisfied would you be? I mean, I don't want everybody to live. All right. I think it'll be more. We're gonna bring back Zane and kill him again. Everyone's satisfied with that. There has to be some point where Zane is at least mentioned, and the characters are like, "Oh, so Zane had a spike in his chest." Like it at least has to come up. I would think. I don't know. So, since you don't want everyone to live, who would you like to die? I knew he was gonna. (laughs) I knew that. I saw it coming. Uh. Zane again, right? <laughs> yeah. Not Yo- Yeoman. I want Yeoman to live. Have a Chondra like dig him. up Zane's bones and then get killed. We know Tensoon ain't gonna do it. Tensoon already refused to wear Zane's bones. He's like, <laughs> I don't want that disgusting nonsense Even in my body. He was all broken and injured and he's like, no, nah, I don't want that one. Nah. <laughs> Gross. Um... I want Yeoman to live, and like he and Ellen's become good pals, and they're like. I mean, they they certainly have like a lot in common. They definitely, they're very intelligent guys yeah. who who like to have. They would a good definitely discussion. get along if we're not between them at the moment. Yeah, they wouldn't agree with everything, but that would be part. They would That's love arguing with each other. Yeah. Exactly. They're like the two. Like older guys who seem like they hate each other, but really they really like each other. Oh, like uh, Tellerai, not Tellerai. Who's that guy? Except without the traitor aspect. Yeah, but that wasn't even like. Oh gosh, I can't even think. John Mahoney, his character. What, what? <laughs> what was his name? You remember? Hey, there was Ahain. and not Tellerai. Tellerai was the birthmark. Was it Ahain? Ahain, yeah. And just like, yeah, like that kind of relationship. Yeah, exactly. And the whole traitor aspect of that was Ahane just being stupid and not not malicious. Okay, um, that's fair. But yeah, something like that. <laughs> like, oh, I finally one up to. Oh, you're dead. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, Marsh has to die. He's because that's like that's Marsh's plan right now is to gain enough. So willpower. Control, willpower. He's got to pass his will save. Yeah, that's 
that is exactly like Marsha's plan is I'm going to off myself when Ruin needs me the most. He has like, 120. He has, to, he has to die. He has 120 saved up. He knows it's going to be his next roll, so he gets one chance. That's what he's waiting. That's not how statistics works, Craig. Don't quite. Marsh has this figured out, okay? Maybe. Maybe the die is made of metal. And he can use allomancy <laughs> to manipulate. Ruin will never see that coming. Yeah, it won't because the numbers are etched in the die, and the die is made of metal, and Ruin can't read it. True. <laughs> I mean, this this is foolproof. This is clearly. So yeah, I don't know. I think honestly, I'm not a good enough reader to have, you know, to. It's either that I'm not a, a good or experienced enough reader of novels or it's just that i don't get maybe i don't get emotionally involved enough i'm always looking at something with a critical eye rather than you you want a good story to be told yeah rather than try to predict and be satisfied or not yeah i like i like predicting the present yeah rather i like to which is shows in your theory crafting that you've been doing yeah i don't like to so much to try to Guess what's going to happen. I like to figure out what is happening. Yeah. 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 That's part of the fun. I think in general, like we do the same thing. We just have more information than you, but it's the same sort of idea. Rather than trying to guess what's going to happen in future books, let's try to figure out what we know. Or you try to guess what I'm going to say. Okay. We do that too. (laughs) We can never guess your theories. The 16, though. Like, that's I, so obvious. I believe that every single time I've tried to guess what you're going to guess or what your reaction's going to be or anything like that, I have been wrong. Yeah, you always go off in this completely <laughs> different direction. You certainly have gotten some good <laughs> theories that we could totally read books on. Alternate universe books. <laughs> This is an alternate yeah, timeline where Vin uses Melatium and immediately eliminates all her friends and deduces <laughs> that. No, I think, I think you have a future in fan fiction. Is there really a future in fan fiction? <laughs> no, not for anybody, but you would be good at it. Isn't that how that uh, Fifty Shades of Grey started? It was a fanfic to begin with. Right, yeah. And, and see, that's as close as y'all get. That's as close really? as you're going yeah, to get to making a living of writing video yeah. games. Fifty Shades of Grey started as a Twilight fanfic that developed its own story and character. I did not know that. Yeah. But why would you write a fanfic? Twilight's already a fanfic. Like <laughs> Dude. That's, that's, that's pretty meta. It's like <laughs> Rule 34. It's fanfics on everything. What's Rule 34, Craig? Oh. No. <laughs> Bleep that out. Yeah, you should probably <laughs> cut that out. Uh, just make sure it's safe. <laughs> Although, if you type... Never mind. I'm not going to pursue this line of thought anymore. Yeah, I'm going to cut this whole section. Yeah, you probably should. Alright. Do, do we have any more questions for Dave before we kick him out? No. Alright. I'm going to legitimately kick Dave out of the room. Are you going oh, to physically kick so him satisfying. with your foot? I can physically kick him, you but have I won't. to get up first. Yeah, I'm too lazy. All right, bye, guys. I'm bye. Because I'm getting quiet. Yeah, you should. <laughs> he should stop talking when he's not next to the microphone. That's just bad for everyone. I yeah, thought it was right. hilarious. <laughs>
This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. All right. Uh, I think he has left, so I can now actually read the spoiler chat. All right. How's it going, guys? Hi. Sup? Hi. So I don't I don't know how much you guys want to talk about, but there, of course, is a couple things that Dave's gotten wrong, which isn't uh, what what I like is that. OK, his predictions for who lives and who dies, essentially. Well, who lives? Ellen. Yeah, we, we were all over here laughing at his Marsh. I'm comment. sure. I'm sure. Ellen and Marsh, he predicts is dying. Well, how about that? Although he's correct on Yeoman. I think Yeoman survives, right? I believe he does. Yeah. Yeah, I want to say he has like descendants in Era Two. I, I think it is sort of a shame that we have mentioned Era Two to Dave because he can sort of he he can have the thought that you know there's they're going to succeed or at least the world's not going to completely end. Even though by the time you're reading the book, you're feeling like the world's going to end, and it's going to become even more hopeless when uh, Ruin actually rips the the uh coloss away from Ellen and Vin. Like it's gonna it's gonna be like holy crap, this is serious. So yeah. He sorta of knows that, but at the same time it's it could also be like maybe error two or prequels or something else. So I don't know. It clearly he doesn't think about it too much, which is probably for the best. So that's about all I had for that particular spoiler section. I thought there was something else oh, there was something else he said. Uh, he mentioned about Ruin not being able to read thoughts, which, as far as we know, that is still true, um, especially confirmed by Sezed in Era 2, where he mentions that he can read thoughts from preservation and he can speak to people from Ruin. Like, he gets one of each, basically. Yeah. Um, there was something else I recently read in Era 2. He does tend soon. He, I, I did get to the part where uh, Wax interacts with Tensoon, and Tensoon describes himself for Harmony, I'm his preservation, and Wax is his ruin. So it sort of goes along with what you were saying before, how Sazed still sort of separates the two, preservation and ruin, as two separate parts. But he, saw, he sort of, like, he inhabits both, but they're still separated. And it is neat that the people will curse and still say preservation and ruin, despite them not being separate for 300 years. Hey, just, but at the same time, it makes sense. Just keep an eye out in like 15 years when Era 3 is finished, and I will be the smartest man in the world. You have your own Dave theory, and yours is going to be correct, is what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah? Okay. And what was your Dave theory? Uh, that Sazed will not continue to be a shard holder. Yes. That's right. Um, that's right. He will he will in some manner pass on the harmony shard to someone else uh at least in part because he still thinks of them as two separate shards and so they work that way. So where... so by definition it would have to be a newer character not like Marsh or Tensoon or someone who is old. Correct. Although, Although they're they're both hemolytically spiked, so I I don't believe that either of them can. I think anyone can hold a shard. 
Especially it's the Harmony Shard. It's not like it's the Preservation and Ruin Shards. So I could understand that because they certainly can't pick up a Preservation Shard. But we're talking a Harmony Shard. They might be able to do that. Despite being hemallergically spiked. But how neat would it be if Marsh gets a hold of any shard? Um, I think part of the issue is is that being hemallergically spiked uh, opens you up to shardic um, interference. Not okay. just not just yeah. ruin, but any of them. Sure. So being a shard holder who has hemallergic spikes would be bad. That's putting it lightly. Like the the whole reason Hoyd never got spiked is is because he didn't want to you know put himself in that position, right? And he is busy collecting different ways to use investiture, so and yeah, he doesn't want to jeopardize that. Whatever he's up to, which is still I I am I don't know I am legit nervous about Hoyd, and I am also nervous about Kelsier because he's a little bit of a loose cannon, um. Oh. Yeah, if if Hoyd were down with getting spiked, then that would make his his sort of collect all the powers Pokemon style way easier. Like like Kelsier is sort of like I think we talked about this before. He's a bit of a serial killer, um, but at the same time, I think in general, I was gonna say he'd probably be more in favor of helping people. He does help the Ska, but they have, they have to be his people. That's sort of the problem. Yeah, there aren't Ska know. anymore. There aren't Ska anymore. I I don't know. That's why I'm like, I'm sort of nervous about Kelsier, because I'm not sure on which side he would fall, given whatever kind of conflict we have to deal with in the future. And same thing with Hoyd, because Hoyd is just up to something, and I don't necessarily think he's for the quote-unquote good guys he has his own objective and he will not let anything stand in his way to get it done and he says as much in one of the stormlight archive books so i don't know he's up to something who knows all right it's late i'm tired i don't have anything does anyone else have anything i don't have anything nope all right bye everybody good night internet this has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.